millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Insane in the Membrane with me, Rich Wilson, and producer Paul. Um, thank you for your continued uh, listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, it's been great. Great response to last week's episode. Great response to all of the episodes. Uh, so thank you for that. Before we get into it, as you know, regular listeners, we have to do the admin first. And so here we are. Become a patron and watch behind the scenes recording of this episode. So go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast. And like we say, you get the video, you get exclusive, you get the, you get the, you get the, you get the episode before everybody else. Um, and yeah, do that for us. And, you know, just bung us a couple of quid just so we can keep the lights on, you know, keep the heating going. Uh, that we'd really appreciate that because without you, this podcast doesn't go anywhere. So thank you very much to our, all our patrons already. Uh, last week I already said I did say that you could uh, drop us a line if there's any anything you want to happen on the podcast or guests that you feel would be great to have on. Um, thank you to David Harris for getting in touch. Nice one, David. Appreciate that, mate. Your continued support does not go unnoticed. And also, now I'm I can't remember how you pronounce this, so I don't want to butcher it. I'm going to go. Is it Colin? Colin? Right, Colin. It's a Gaelic. It looks like it's Gaelic. Uh, I believe it is. Uh, Colin O. Laughing. And I might be wrong. I think that if I'm wrong I'm sorry drop me a line because uh, I can't remember how you pronounce it I know it was something like that but thank you for your for your uh, your recommendations yeah absolutely there's a few there's a few names on there I've already spoken to so they'll be coming on so nice one mate so yeah become a patron you can drop us a line you become a producer more or less that's it you become you're part of the team so do that for us that'd be great um, so yeah, it's patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast. Bonus a couple of quid. Jump on, jump on the team. Come on, on the firm. You know you want to. Uh, check out stylish Insane in the Membrane t-shirts and hoodies, plus Insane in the Membrane coffee beans from Wogan Coffee in Bristol. Use the exclusive Membrane listener promo code MEMBRANE for 10% off of our podcast packs. That's the coffee. Um, you can find all these uh, on our link tree. So uh, the link is in the, it's in the bio of all of our social media. Everything that we do is now connected to our link tree. Even down to hiring producer Paul to, to produce your podcast. It's all there. It's all there. So there we are. So, the podcast. I, I do you know what, actually before I get into it, do you know what, right? So I said the other week, right? I said I've been struggling a little bit. And thanks, Danny Phillips, for your lo- lovely message. I appreciate that, mate. So I said I've been struggling. I have been struggling a little bit with, I don't know, my confidence. Um, you know, facing up to things, sorting some stuff out. You know, you know, you just put it off and it becomes bigger than it really is. And there's a couple of phone calls I was supposed to make and I hadn't done them. And I'm like, oh, 
fuck, just do it, just do it, come on, man. And so the other day I went, oh, fuck, just, fuck, oh, just do it. So I did it. And it's brilliant. It, I needn't have worried. I needn't have worried. I made the phone call. I spoke to me mates. I've sorted it out. I don't know what I was worried about. Build it up in my head. So, and it was keeping me up. I was, honestly, I wasn't sleeping. I was thinking all manner of horrible stuff. Just have a, just make, honestly, the phone call won't be as bad as you think it's going to be. So make that call. Make that call. Reach out and make the call. It's hard. Of course it's hard. But you'll, but you'll feel better in the long run, I promise you. So that's what I did. Anyways. So I'm in a better place. I'm having a lovely time. And lovely messages like the one from Danny Phillips. Beautiful. I just It's nice to be loved, isn't it? You know? That's what you want to do. Reach out, tell people. It's hard, though. It's hard to turn around and to say that you need help. You don't want to look stupid. You know? You want to look like you're, old, you're, out, you're holding it together. But really. And, and sometimes you don't know how to ask. Sometimes you just got to go, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm struggling over here. Sometimes it's got to be as obvious as that, but you know, if you can do it, do it. I urge you to do so. Anyway, speaking of mates, this week our podcast guest is the mighty Stu Whiffin. Now he's been mentioned a million times whenever or wherever I go. I've, you know, if you know, you know, you know, hardcore listings, you know, off the beat and track. He's part of the Distraction Pieces Network, which is a Scroobius Pip. And I, he's the reason that the podcast exists. Like, uh, we, we talk about that in the episode. You, we, we, we go over where we met and how we met. Uh, but yeah, without him, without that podcast, without Hardcore Listings with Stu and Chris and Brad Axon, um, this wouldn't exist. And so, you know, I just want to get him on and have a chat with him. It was a brilliant chat. We ended up talking about all sorts of things. Um, we talked about mental health, as you do. And then we talked about um, his recent trip down to the Polish-Ukraine uh, border. Um, and it was fascinating to, to, to speak to someone that's actually been down there and to see actually firsthand what's going on. It's a fascinating listen. Um, and so you're going to really love that. So without further ado, coming up in a minute, it's Stu Whiffin. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. I'll tell you what, mate. It's been a long time coming. And here we are. Isn't it? And here we it are. Is. Because you are the reason, you are the reason that this podcast exists. So it's good to finally get you on. 
Oh, mate, it's, um, it's lovely to be on. It's lovely to uh, to have seen, you know, from... Was was you coming on Hardcore Listing the first podcast you ever done? It was the first one I ever did. It was the first one I was ever invited on to. I didn't know anything about the world of podcasting. You just... you We connected. You got, you'd see me at Grey's in the theatre... And then you were like, come and do this. And I was like, I don't even know what that is, but I'll do it. And I, I remember I just moved to Leon C. Mm. So I was, and then, so I didn't know the area at all. And then I get the train to, oh, where did I get Stanford or wherever it was, Stanford La Hope. And then I'm like, I don't know where the fuck I am. <laughs> and then I got a taxi to yours and it was all this big adventure. I mean, like darkest Essex, like what the fuck is this? And then, uh, and then I get there and then, because I don't know what to expect. And I get there and you've got the within all set up. It, like it was, it was incredible. Like this, like you've got the bar that you've got, like where your studio set up like a little pub, and it was just I had one of the best nights of my life with you and Chris. Oh, it was good fun, wasn't it? It's was so much fun, and I really loved it. And so I came away. Like, I didn't really think about doing it myself, but I came away like, going, oh mate, that was fucking great, top boys. And then it made me realise that there was a lot more going on in Essex than I, you know, because you go with the stereotypes and what you've been told, the same as you do with Kent, where I'm from. And then you realise there's more. There's artists, there's musicians, there's there's writers, there's poets, there's there's all sorts, actors, all sorts of things going on. It's such a wonder. This is so rich in Essex. There's so much, so much art, and, and so many creatives down there. And then and then it was Brad Axon just messaged me and he went. He goes, I think you did really, really well on that. You should do one yourself. And then look where we are. Three years in, like half a million downloads or whatever it is, and fucking away we go. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. Love it, mate. You've had some. Stonking guests on as well, mate. But this is—it's all—it's it's literally thanks to you because I watch, you know, I watch you, and then like talking to you, and then you'll have like Chuck D on yours, and I'm like, how the fuck did you do that? You go, well, I just asked him. I'm like, oh yeah, I suppose you could just ask. <laughs> They're just people. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the best way of kind of phrasing throw enough shit, something might stick. Mm. Like. It's just like, I'll just throw a hundred invites and if one comes back, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I like about you. I've literally just had this conversation with producer Paul because producer Paul has been reaching out to a few people because he does a lot of stuff with other folks. Mm. And I have real trouble asking people to come and do it. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, I'm just a bit embarrassed or whatever else. But the producer why is Paul... That? I don't why know. That? I don't know. Because Chris, Chris, who I do high quality with, he's the same. Yeah. Like, we, we've done, like... I reckon with the Patreon episodes, we've probably done a thousand episodes. Amazing. I think he's booked two guests. <laughs> uh, I don't and know. Like, what and he just can't do it. He's like, I don't know what it is. I can't do it. It's the fear of rejection. It's that fear of rejection coming when we were kids. I mean, I know where mine came from. Having no said to me a lot when I was growing up, like no, like, oh, can I have no? Can I do no? So it kind of comes from that. I'm worried that I'm going to reach out and go no. Because you're a fucking idiot. And you're like, oh, shit, all right. But I know you, you say know. that, but you put yourself out there on a stage in one of the hardest games in the world. It doesn't make sense, Every does night. it? doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I can't ask. I can't ask you, my mate. I can't ask yeah. my mate to come on the podcast, but I can, <laughs> I can stand in front of strangers and I can chat away for hours. Hours. And throw yourself open, potentially, to ridicule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, I don't know why. I don't know why I feel... So comfortable up there on stage, like I'm more comfortable in that in the 20 minutes, half an hour, hour or whatever I'm doing, than I am the rest of the time. <laughs> I don't know. It Surely you weren't always like that, though. Nah, Obviously, nah, there must nah. have been a, a fair few 
of them early gigs that was like Brutal. terrifying, right? Yeah, 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 of course, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm fundamentally a shy person, so the fact that I even do that in the first place is mm. fucking nuts. But what I like about you, and I've noticed this about you, you seem fearless. Whether you are or not, I don't know what's going on underneath, but on the surface, mate, you just go, yeah, I'm going to go and do that. You're also one of the most positive people I've ever met. Like, you're just, you're just such a doer. You'll go, right. Like, I'll say, or maybe I'll say an idea or something, and I'll go, oh, maybe I'll get, yeah, maybe I'll get to that. But you'll go, I've had this idea, let's do it. And then you're all, all of a sudden, things are happening. And I really admire that. Where does that come from? Have you always been like that? Um, you just go. You're just tenacious. You're just like, I'm going to go and do it. And then you go uh, and do it. Well, firstly, thanks, mate. Like, you know, that 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 is something that, I would probably say if I had to say, like, have you got any sort of thing about you that that I don't know that that you're quite proud of? Is it, and what I think a lot of that is, Rich, right? Is I don't want to have regrets, right? Yeah, right. And I don't. And and and, and I tell you what, I can give you an example, right? So in the nineties, I was in bands. Yeah. And uh, and in the first band, I was a singer, and I can't sing. <laughs> right. In this, in the second band, I was a, like the songwriter, and, and, and I can't really write songs. And I was a keyboard player, and I can't play keys. I can't play keys. <laughs> I had to write the notes on the keys. Uh, and we, we got filmed once, and uh, and the, the camera zoomed in, and I was like, literally, like, oh fuck off, mate, don't, because like, I've got like A to E written in eyeliner on all of my keys. Um, yeah, but it might have thought it was ironic, you know? It was, it was those times. <laughs> but I threw myself into that and and I was always the one in the band that like booked all together like, essentially managed us yeah. and 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 done everything and it was like right okay so all I want to do is I want to release a record I want to get on the radio once and I want to get in a shitty van and I want to do one little tour and I want to get on the telly once and that was what I thought right I can do this yeah and like and we did do that and then once that was done this would have been towards the late 90s when all of a sudden like you've you've got things like okay computer coming out and you've got like music was just just like steamrolling along and and the, like the the changes of it were like incredible and there was a lot of really fucking smart music coming out then and i just realized that like we just weren't very good like, we, had, <laughs> we had we had some good songs but we'd yeah. reached the end of our capabilities and i just thought you know what i've done what i set out to do and I've done this to the best of my ability. What's next? Yeah, right. Like let's let's put that to bed now and do the next thing. Yeah. And like and I think always I, I I like I'm I'm not a control freak, but I like I like to be in control of like what I do, and I I don't like working for other people. No. Uh, and so and I think when you do work for yourself, as you know, like if you don't make it happen, it don't happen. Yeah. Like and and so I think. I've always sort of had that, and I think from and also being like a, a club promoter all my life, you 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 have to be a little bit kind of ballsy and and take a chance and yeah. and, and, and shout about what you're doing, otherwise you don't make any money. Um, oh, don't get me wrong, I've shouted about a lot of clubs I have promoted and still not made any money <laughs> over the years. But um, but yeah, like you know, in a long-winded answer, I think I've always just thought, look, I'll just have a real good go at it. And if I'm not good enough at it, it ain't my fault. I've, I've done the best I can. I can put that to bed and then on to the next thing. So, yeah. you know, I've always done that. And, and yeah, if I have an idea, I'm, I just think, well, let's just 
let's do it. And if it, if it goes wrong, who, who fucking cares? Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's worrying. When I said this literally yesterday, I was talking to someone about comedy, and I said, the day you don't give a fuck is the day that you'll become a brilliant comedian. Because, mm. And it's a weird one, because you do give a fuck, while at the same time you don't give a fuck. And I mean that by not giving a fuck what other people think. That's the difference. And like you say, it's like, yeah, no one, no, everyone's, like Michael Smiley said, like everyone's transmitting, no one's receiving. So just do it. Just do the things. What, what, what I will say, though, is I'm, I'm quite vain. I'm quite, um, like, I, I do like that sort of affirmation that you get from when you do something and people are going, oh, nice one, mate. Yeah, like, course, I like yeah. that. Um, but... I've always surrounded myself, my closest circle are people that just are their own person. They're very unique. They don't give a shit. So my best mate is um, Cunt in the Gang, who's been on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I was at, I was with him last night, and he's been my best friend for, for over 40 years. And wow. he's never given a shit what people think of him. Amazing. He's done his thing. And... We weren't the cool kids up at school. I mean, we didn't go to the same school. He went to he went to a school for clever kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe that's it. He, that's why he, he knew not to give a fuck because he yeah. was on another level already. And he, he just doesn't. And and I was always like, you know, all the lads that were good at football and were good with the girls and things like that. Yes, when you're like you're 13 and 14, it was like, oh man, I wish I was a bit more like that. But essentially, I always wanted to go and hang out with cunt and do daft things because he didn't care and that yeah. always excited me way more and my other nearest and dearest is, is a guy called Justin and you, you know Justin and Dude. he doesn't give a shit no. and, uh, and, and there's just excitement in that you know you don't know where it's going to go they're not horrible people they'd never do anything to spite anyone no 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 of course but not they're, they're, they're their own unique people yeah uh, oh, it's, and, it's, and, it's and there's a freedom to that that, yeah. that excites me that I haven't got but if I surround myself with enough people like that, I'll get a taste of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. Having been around both of them, Justin particularly, you kind of go, he's just, he's like a Tasmanian devil in a pair of smart shoes. You're like, what the? F he just goes off and you just kind of go, they go, is he with you? He go, yeah. And then, and then they go, all oh, right. And he go, yeah, I wish I was doing that as well, but I ain't got the bollocks. I'm going to watch him do it. Exactly. <laughs> I like that, but then there's that. So there's that. So you're always pushing yourself, and I admire that. And you're always, you're always like, like you say, there's always another project that you're working on. You're always, you never, even with the lockdowns and all that, like you were still going up. Oh, we're working on this thing now. And we're doing this. Ideas, merch, even when the pink toothbrush that, that you've, you run it, didn't you? You're the, you're the manager. You're the run, or you promoter. Like promoter for it. Even that, when all the, when the club wasn't even working, you're like, right, how can we keep this going? How can we keep this alive? So we, you were doing the T-shirts with the SOS boys, and yeah. then 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 that happened, and then blah, 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 just bang, 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 bang. But then also, and not really, this is really something that's, that hit me, that hit me, was when you and I had a chat, and then and then you turned around and went, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, to be honest. And it was the first time I kind of went, oh, fuck yeah, even the strongest of us, have a moment where they go, yeah, I'm, I'm still like you. This still affects me, and it was a real. It really gave me an insight into into what goes on. You know, like it made me realise that yeah, you're pushing yourself, but also you're pushing yourself because otherwise you let that shit in, and you don't want to let that shit in because it'll it'll stop, it'll get in the way, it puts a stick in your spokes. So you know, it was a real moment. That's, I mean, that, that's a big part of it. Mm. It's like you, you know, I throw myself into things because. 
it's a distraction. Yeah. Like a lot of things are a distraction. There, there's things that like I will trade, you know, ten thousand likes on, on a social media post for one like from you know from something that would hit home far, far heavier. Mm. I don't want to sort of go too too, too into that, but yeah, it's it's like there's there's things that you that. The, the the lockdown thing, I just literally couldn't take my foot off the gas, and yeah. it was like, right, just keep going, keep going, because everything I'd done to that was my source of income stopped. Much like you know, comedians, much mm. like actors, um, nightclubs were the, were the first to shut and the last to reopen. So it was it was a real worry, um, like it was for so many people. Um, and when I spoke to you, like I was like, oh shit, man, this is like I'm I'm actually like, and I don't say this like in, in with any kind of sort of check me out but like I've, I've been i don't struggle with my mental health no, that much no um and i'm really thankful for that like and but when i spoke to you i was feeling pretty shit and mm. then up until about for about the last three months until probably about a month ago just fucking went off the edge and yeah. just was like oh man this is i've never felt like this before like i've never not wanted to get out of bed I've never not had the desire to go and, and go to a boxing club and have, yeah. have, a, have a little workout or anything. I just couldn't be fucking bothered with any of it. And I had no motivation for work. I just I just weren't interested. And it, I, it just literally, I've been working from home. And Rich, I think up until lockdown, all I'd ever tried to do was work out a way that I could do all of my work from a laptop so I could work anywhere in the world. Yeah. Like, so it's like, right, I can move anywhere and like, and all I need is my laptop. And what happened was that, that come into play. I was like, oh, I can, like everything that I do can now be done on a laptop. Yeah. And I was like, and I'm really unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> um, because normally if I had to go and record a podcast, I'd, I'd jump on the train and go into London and, Meet someone, sit in a room, and feel the kind of uh, sort of the, the, the sort of I don't know what you call it, the ambience, the, the you know, read the body language, and you know, I like being in a room with people and talking, and and all of a sudden, well, look, you can do that, but that you lose a whole day. Whereas yeah. doing it remotely, it's an hour, and then like fifteen minutes later, you can do another one if you want. Yeah, and and so as much as that made it really easy, I just started to realize that I don't leave my house anymore. Like, I, I get up and I go and sit on the sofa and then I get up and I go into the front room for a couple of hours, put the telly on and sit on that sofa and then go to bed. And I was like, I'm really fucking sad. Like, yeah. I feel really fucking sad and I can't shake it. And I rented an office. I don't need an office. I've got, <laughs> I've got this at the end of the garden where I'm sitting there. And I'm not showing off. It's a shed. Like, um, yeah. But I was like, I, I, need, to, I need routine. And so I, I literally went to, uh, of all the most glamorous places, East Tilbury, uh, and, and rented a, a, an office. Where was it? So I had somewhere to get up in East, the morning. East Tilbury. East Tilbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's it. You um, need that. You need, that was the difference with the lockdowns. That, like, what we lost was having to go somewhere. We, were ne we weren't needed anywhere. Yeah. And so you doing that, fuck, it doesn't matter where it is. Like you said, it's now, right, I've got this appointment. At this time, I've got to go to the office. Yeah. That's important, man. Yeah, you know? it, it it really is rich, and like, and it, and it's made a big difference. It's like, yeah. it's, you know, because everything was suffering. Like, you know, the the knock on of it, because you know, 
my kids were here and it was like, yeah, it was just like, I didn't realise it crept up on me. Like, it yeah. just crept because a little bit of me thinks I'm a little bit sort of, oh, I'll be all right, just get on with it. And like, and it was the first time where I just thought, oh, shit, I've got to do something now because this is this is taking hold. I've, like, what can I do here? And uh, rather than start another six podcasts, I was like, <laughs> right, <laughs> okay, I, I need a routine. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, it sounds pathetic, but I joined a gym uh, that wasn't boxing and I was like, right, just get on the treadmill and uh, and then go to the office and uh, and walk the dog and just like do all the things and all the things you hear about when you you know you listen to other people talking about well being and things like that. I was like, right, well, let's try some of this and see what happens. And yeah, it's it's, it's been a real it's, it's made a massive difference. And yeah, man, yeah, I'm talking to you today, feeling feeling pretty chipper. That's lovely. I was so pleased because it does it does. Like I've said this a load of times on here, like you'd have to be a psychopath to not be affected by everything that's gone on. Just, just mm. by, you know, we never in a million years thought that things would change the way that they did and have. You know, they're, they're, everything's different now. We're different people. We've all aged. Yeah. You look at people now. I look at photos of myself from a couple of years ago. I'm like, fuck me. I have aged, man. There's been a lot going on in the last couple of years. With that in mind, talking about change, now you just... You did an amazing thing, and you took a load of supplies, a van load of supplies down to the the wonderful people of Ukraine. You went to down the Polish border, and I want to talk to you about that because I thought that was so spectacular that you did that. Like you, it was again, it was another. You just went, yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and help. I'm going to go and do that. And because most people can't look at it and we go, oh, what can I do? What can I do? And you just went, I'm going to do this. This is what we're doing. I've got other mates as well. There's a mate of mine, Sharon, and she's going down to the border to help to go and get because charities can't help get the kids and people over the border but we like I could go down there and I can help and Sharon and her mates they're going down they're going to go and escort children over the border from Ukraine into Poland it's such an incredible thing and I saw a picture the other day of a woman just a just a civilian woman it's a picture of her hand and she's got nail varnish on and she was just lying dead in the street. And I was looking at that, and I was like, and I saw the nail varnish, I'm like, fucking hell. A few weeks ago, she went to the salon, she had her nails done. She was probably talking about what colour to have. She was talking about, you know, oh, yeah, they fell off last time, or they did this, or they did that. She's having a laugh with her mates. Never in a million years did she think a few weeks later she wouldn't be around. And, I, and it really hit me that, that, that things can change in that instant. You know what I mean? And it just... So for you to stand up and go, I'm going to go and help, was so spectacular. Like It was that very reason. Yeah. There are people like me and you that yeah. within a matter of like two days, it's like, right, get a bag, get the kids, get the dog, and yeah. you're going to go, oh, I don't know where you're going to go, but you've got to get out of this country, but not you. You've got to stay, uh, potentially kill someone or potentially get killed. Um, right, hurry up. Yeah. But that, that, that's incomprehensible, Rich. I know, mate. That yeah. like... In like uh, the hundreds of thousands of mi or millions of people's lives can change that rapidly and and that dramatically and horrifically. It it, it fucking fried my brain, Rich. And, yeah. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm now known as refugees. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is what I like. Right, I talk about us like we you know. Yeah, we're a bit. There's a bit of us. It's a bit laddie, but the rest. But there's a heart. There's soul. We are yeah. creatives, and we do. You know, there's more to us than than what you might 
what you might gain from sure. just listening to us. But then there's always a nickname at the end of it. <laughs> always. Okay, you, haven't, you haven't achieved anything unless <laughs> there's a nickname by the end of it. But yeah, sorry, go on. Oh, well, do you know what, Rich? Like, um, I, I got COVID. I got COVID when, like, no one cared anymore, mm. uh, like, about three weeks ago. And it was like, oh, so I, got, I got no, no, no kind of uh, sympathy. Uh, and it was literally the, the, the day that the, the, the conflict started. And I got booted out of my house and sent round to my mum's because she's overseas. So uh, I was sitting in their, in their house. And it's a, it's a nice house in a little village. And... And I had nothing to do, and so uh, I opened a. I'd spent nine quid on a bottle of red wine. Now, people like me and you don't spend nine quid on a bottle of wine, mate. <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I always aim between eight. Oh, hello. I go, okay. yeah. <laughs> mate, I'm middle class now. <laughs> I got La Crusade. I got La Crusade cups. Fucking hell. <laughs> right. You go. No. You got to go between eight and twelve. Get a decent bottle. I'm telling you. Right. Tell you. But well, I know. Yeah, old school us. Yeah. Right. How much did you spend? Nine quid. No, he was nine quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, so you treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah. yeah. I thought, right, so I spent nine quid on this bottle of, uh, of wine. And I sat there, and I was, like all of us, just sitting there watching Sky, and just, like, open-mouthed at, like, what, what I was seeing. And, and it sounds pathetic, but I just thought, you know what? Up the road's my house, where my family is safe. Yeah. And I'm now sitting in another warm, nice house that, you know, that my parents own, that... Uh, happy and safe on a holiday and uh, look at me with me me two pound bag of walker's sensation sweet chili and me nine quid bottle of beaujolais it's like come on mate yeah. like, I, I literally felt like such a fat cat it was horrible and like and i just thought right what can you do and so i thought i got up the next day and i thought right i'm gonna sort of try and do something and it was really bizarre there's a an amazing musician called emily capel and and she phoned me up and she went um you're going to get a phone call from Martin Rossiter from Gene in a minute. Um, I hope you don't mind me giving Amazing. you his number. But she, me and her have spoke at length about the fact that we're both mega fans of the band Gene. Oh, Mike, brilliant Mike band. band. Yeah. And, uh, and he's, he'd been on my music podcast and, uh, and we'd got on quite well. Um, and he phoned me up and he said, look, I'm sitting here watching the news and, and I, want to do a, I want to do a gig. Um, and he'd sort of pretty much retired from music. Mm. Uh, and he was like, I want to do a gig. Um, have you got anyone that you think you could ring up and see if they'll play? So I was like, yeah. So I made it. Literally all I've done was, was text a few people. So I text Andy Bell from Ride and Oasis, um, the Subways, Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly, Star Sailor, and, oh, there was another one. And literally within like 10 seconds, everyone just went, yep, yeah, definitely. Amazing. Uh, so I just hooked them up with Martin and, and then, um, he went right, brilliant. Shepherd's Bush Empire's booked. Um, wow, we've got a couple of like James Acaster done it. A couple of comedians done it. Yeah, um, and he booked a few more bands, and and that was it. It was all up and done, and and on sale the next day. And it was like, I was like, wow, that was that was amazing what he's done there. Like, I was like, right, what what can I do? And and I just thought, I'm gonna just fucking go out there, and yeah, right. and so I just rung a couple of people up that I just thought were daft enough to say yes. Uh, and they were like, yes, do it. And I then put a shout out and this amazing uh, girl called Katie responded on Facebook and said she works for a company called, I'm going to shout them out, Envirovan in Basildon. 
uh, and said, look, if you want a van, you can have a van. Wow. And like, I was like, oh, this is, this is incredible. Yeah. And then another company reached out and said, um, here's, here's 500 quid for fuel. Wow. Um, and, and, and it was like, right, we're, we're on. Yeah. Like, this is it. And, and so I, I sort of set up a thing at, the, at, the, at my club and said, look, I'm going to be collecting stuff today from 12 o'clock till 3 o'clock. If you can bring down toiletries, you know, uh, nappies, sanitary towels, you know, first aid stuff and, and thermal clothing, that would be amazing if anyone wants to donate anything. We opened the door at 12 and it was, it was insane, Mitch. It was like hundreds of people. Wow. Like, all just like bringing like we, literally we had phone calls from super drug from boots saying you've cleared us out oh, like, we've got no. nothing left um i had this old dear she must have been in her mid 80s and she come up and she went i heard about what you was doing um i've saved up me boots loyalty cards and i've got you this pack of nappies and like oh, my bottom lip went right yeah. i was like oh man even the fucking traffic warden went Oh, but you're doing, mate. Don't worry, I ain't going to ticket anyone outside the club for the next couple of hours. Oh, like, what? <laughs> mate, you've got traffic wards on board. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <Reggie> Jesus, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so next time you go down the shops, go, oh, I'm doing another collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, and it was like, right. And, and at the first day, we filled the van. It was like, this Fucking is hell, insane. We, uh, and then that night, someone went to me, have you, um, you looked at like the logistics to to get stuff into the eu and i was like no i booked us on the tunnel and it's like <laughs> no no you you, you 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 need to look at what you're doing here then the, this was like two days before we was going so you know from the idea to collecting it was like three days and then we yeah. were going to go that that weekend so this was like the wednesday night and i was like oh no so i'm like i've, I've gone online and, and i'm looking at how to take goods into the EU. And, and if they didn't like the UK already, Europe, they really don't like us now. Well, We're not in the they EU. Don't. Jesus. Uh, and so I'm like, well, look, I'm not, I'm not trading. This is humanitarian yeah. aid. Uh, and it was just a head fuck, like trying to work out what was what. And then uh, this, I, I just thought, right back to Facebook. Does anybody know about logistics and, and, you know, border crossings with goods? Uh, and, and my mate Gary got in touch and, um, went yep like speak to this guy and he gave his services for free uh and basically said, you need to itemize everything and i'm like what oh my god uh so we then spent another two days at the club itemizing like every single thing Jesus. Um, there's thousands and thousands of items yeah yeah um we worked out we took about 16 grand's worth of stuff out there it was it was mental rich Jesus, it, it really man. was yeah yeah and at that point you know, to go full circle to say like, oh yeah, you know, you just get on with it and have a go at it. It was like it's the first time I literally said, oh, I might be off more on Chewy. Yeah, yeah. I think this is this is a bit bit much. This like, I was worried that we was going to get to um, the customs and and not get through, and we're just going to be sitting at the at the at the at the, um, at the Euro Tunnel and, and not be able to get across into France. Um, so, yeah, we got everything itemised. We got all of our passes, everything that we needed, and we didn't even get stopped. We just went straight on the fucking train. It was like, oh, oh my. But I had we not, we would have got stopped. Yeah, Gary. of course you would have done. Yeah, yeah, you've been there for weeks. But that's the uh, thing That's the thing with anything. 
when you tr- you can't just go. I'm gonna. We're gonna help. There's always the bureaucracy behind it. There's always the bollocks. Because people are always because the world is so corrupt and everyone's they're all worried about missing out. Like, oh, we can make some money on this. Oh, we might miss out on our little put our little chunk of this. It, it all gets caught up Refugees in... Refugees T-shirts are available at my LinkedIn, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> all money goes to the uh, <laughs> Stu Whiffing Fund. <laughs> but, um, but it is, it's all the bollocks behind it. You can't just go, oh, we're going to do that. We're going to fill a van with 16 grand's worth of stuff and we're going to drive it down to people that desperately need it. Hmm. They go, oh yeah, but you need to fill out Form 52B and then you need to go and pay this much. You need to go and do that. Oh, you need a, you need a, it's always you need a visa or you need a, you need a license or you need a this. You need a, oh, I need to. Oh, mate, it, it, it personally yeah. cost us all, three of us that went out there, a, a fair few quid to yeah. do this. And like, but we set up a just giving on the way, like, that. I mean, we didn't get any of that. That, no. that, that was set up in association with War Child. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I got a good mate um, called Jim Benner at, at War Child um, that I've known for donkey's years that, uh, like basically just kind of said look this would be incredible if you can do it for us we can you know give you lots of help with this and, mm. and it was amazing and so my because I drive like a pensioner they wouldn't let me drive the van I know you've, I, we've had that chat when you went <laughs> you think I'm a silver dream racer and you're driving Miss Daisy everywhere <laughs> <laughs> And so I wasn't allowed to drive. So thankfully, the two fellas that I went with, one used to do Formula Ford. Uh, yeah, that'd and the other do. one, Racy's uh, Beetle Bugs. Uh, so they were both like towing it across across <laughs> Europe. And uh, But what that enabled me to do was be the promoter, which meant I could reach out to my handsome friends like Rich Wilson and say, can you do me a little video? Yeah, mate. Uh, and say, look, this is what's going on if you can donate to this link below. And so... Much the same as the, the music thing. I thought, right, I'm just going to hit up all the people that have been on the podcast and all my mates that haven't got my face because no one's interested in me banging on about stuff. So I thought, if I try and reach out to some people that have got recognisable faces, it should hopefully sort of, you know, prick a bit of attention from people when they're scrolling through their, their phones. And it did. And yeah. every time that I posted one, you know, it was just my email notification was just going bing, 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 like just giving, just giving, just giving, and it Brilliant. was like, and it was, it was really, it was really great, and 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 it sounds really weird, and I, and I mean it's in the nicest way, but like the first day we went across France, Belgium, Netherlands, and right to the arse end of um, Germany over in and stayed in Dresden, um, so it was like an insane day's driving, mm. um, and. You know, we had a we had a good time. Like, you know, we were sitting there. You know, the three lads in a in a van together, and we're driving across Europe. You know, we it was laughs and music was on, and yeah, and and I don't mean that in a crass way. We knew while we was going there, and we knew that you know we we was doing something that was going to help people. And then the next morning, we got up and we drove. The plan was to to drive. It wasn't far from Poland, like literally about forty minutes from Poland. So it was like, right, we're going to go to Poland, and we're going to go right up to. To, to Ukraine today and uh, and we did and halfway across Poland maybe three quarters away across Poland um, you start to see a lot of buses a lot of mini buses and cars full mm. of refugees going the opposite way yeah and 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 like and you see like these number plates that have come from all over Europe these people are doing these amazing things and it's like fuck, and like, and it hadn't really the enormity hadn't really sort of dawned on us. But what I should also say that morning they'd bombed Lviv, 
Yeah, that's, well, 30, that's 30 miles from the border. And so it was like, then I'm starting to think, that's like if they bombed London. Yeah. Like from mine. And like, and so you was actually seeing like Polish people coming away as well. Uh, it's at that point that you're like, why are we going the other way? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everyone's going away. <laughs> and then we yeah. stopped at the services to get a coffee. And then you were seeing some of these buses and that pull in and then you were seeing cars and that from across Europe that had come to basically meet them and you were seeing lots of very fucking emotional reunions mm. and and that was when you start thinking oh fucking hell this is fucked yeah. and like and then when we got back in the, the van for like the last of it there wasn't many people driving to the border um, if there was it was people doing what we were doing just taking yeah, really. aid uh, but all you were seeing was just like I, I filmed it because it was mad it was just military vehicles and like and obviously they're not very fast so we're just all we're doing is just overtaking these like tanks and and it's like fucking hell this yeah. is this you don't see this like and no. and it all all of a sudden you know the, the the music got turned off and and the conversation sort of dipped a little bit and yeah. and it was like right okay so this is we, we now know that like why we're doing this for sure yeah this is this is fucking like nothing i've ever seen before um but we, we then got to the center um where we got told to go and we met some amazing people there and i mean they were all volunteers lots of them were worked for united nations and stuff and they were like incredible people the guy that we met sebastian um who was syrian uh he was ex syrian special forces oh wow uh, and he was uh he was he was some character and he was just they're, a, like, they're another breed, and they special forces in whatever country. Mate, he was. Yeah. So, do you know what? He was great, and uh, and I've got this thing where, like, wherever I go in the world, I sort of like if I ever go on holiday, I bump into someone. I I don't necessarily know, but like, oh, they've, they've come to the club once and things like that. So I'm chatting with Sebastian, and I said, "So what? You know, what have you done post military?" He said, oh, "I got into security and events and that, and ended up working for Live Nation." I was like, "You're joking!" I said, "Cool, I've done some stuff with Live Nation, my mate." John Dunn's a big player over there. He went, oh, I worked for John for years. And I was like, fuck. You know, the two fellas I was with was like, you know, he laugh. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's from Chelmsford, mate. Because like, this, is how we, this is a thing about you again. You are the most, one of the most connected people I've ever met. You're the only person I know that can drive all the way at the Polish border, the Ukraine border. There's a war going on. And some cunt goes, oh, it's you. <laughs> but he, I tell you, right, he was like, he was great. And, we was unloading the van and it, like I say, it was all volunteers. This place obviously didn't exist two weeks ago. They'd only had electricity like three days in this massive warehouse and it all got gets put on different pallets. Um, and then we got told that it wasn't all going to the refugees, the, the, the nappies and sanitary items and uh, toiletries were, but the thermal clothing and the first aid stuff was going back into Ukraine for the Ukraine soldiers. So that right. was even better to hear that. Yeah. The stuff was also going back into where it was really needed as you know in, in ukraine as well uh but he was he had some spirit this fellow and i went look i said do you mind if i film a little bit of the van being unloaded and you just tell mm -hmm. us like who you are and what you're doing here because so many people have given lots of items and mm -hmm. are going to be watching different various social media feeds to kind of and if there's a way that they can see their stuff what they've done being yeah. unloaded it'd be lovely and he went yeah yeah of course he went yeah just film me 
He went, Hi, I'm Sebastian. Um, it's a lovely sunny day here in Turkey. The lads have just arrived. We're about to do a boot sale. And now when you think like, what a dude, man. Yeah. And, and the thing was, he, I mean, after that, we had we had a quick cup of tea before we, 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 we cracked on. And, you know, and he was telling us some, some far more serious stuff that was mm. like, just... just you know, awful, and 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 you see these centres, and you know, there's, there's kids working in there with their mums, and and like, and it was just, do you know what? It's like a few people said to me, like, oh, you know, was it really like fucking horrible when you got there? I was like, nah. I said, like, all I saw was kindness and love and just generosity and 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 people just trying to do nice things, and yeah. that was all you saw. And like and yeah, it was it was proper humbling and 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 nice to in in the in the nicest possible way. I say this. Obviously, I know exactly you know that that why we was doing it and mm. the horror that that's going on there. But you see that oh right, there's really fucking nice people on this planet. Yeah, like I'm sure you go over that border and there's some really fucking horrible people doing horrible things. Yeah, but what all we saw was people that were just trying to help and it was just really lovely to see and lots of kindness and all the way back we all had like the uh the yeah i'll show you so we all had these in the windows of our um oh right uh, yeah in the windows of our uh trucks and so everyone was just kind of waving to each other and like when you was going past the uh, the military and that the military were all like waving and it was like it was it was just yeah just, just a, a lot of human beings coming together to try and do something positive was 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 a nice thing to experience yeah. and to do something that he's fundamentally for some really awful reasons thank you know what what we saw was lots of love and generosity that That's was nice to see beautiful man they, i love that because you see the photos you see the footage and you see all the things to the point i've had to stop looking at it because I'm like, I can't, I can't, I, it, because this is the thing that they don't tell you about. It's not even a war, it's a country defending itself. It's not even, because a war is normally like two, two people, two countries kicking off and go, right, we're, we're, we own this, now we own this and we go for it. But this is Ukraine defending it, because it didn't want to go to war, just defending itself from this fucking mad lunatic, this tyrant. They don't see, but what they don't, what they don't, you don't see is like we've seen old photos of World War Two and all these other things like that, but you don't really see the effect it has on everyday people trying to go to work. You're just trying to live your life. I remember being in when I went to Afghanistan, and you, and it was the first time it struck me that everyday people just trying to go about their business. I was in Kabul. And I remember looking out of the window where we was where we were uh, living, and then you, I saw kids playing football over the other side of the wall. I saw women buying fruit and veg. I saw men, you know, dragging bags of things around and I'm like, fuck, we're in the middle of their, it's like us being in the middle of Basildon. It's like, mm. you know what I mean? People are just going about their business while there's this mad shit going on and and that's that's the thing. That's why it's a, it, you can really tell what, what a person's like when the shit hits the fan, how they react. And so when the shit hit the fan, you stepped up and went, I'm doing this. And that's such a beautiful thing. And a lot of people, like again, like you said, everyone just went, all right, fuck it. This, this, this is what we're doing now. Let's help these people. And that just gives me, that just gives me so much joy to know that, uh, that, that that happens out there. 
It was happening everywhere. I'm lucky that the two people I went with were in situations like me where they work for themselves. I could still do my work off my phone mm. when I was in the van and things like that. So nothing majorly suffered. So I was in a position where I could do that. Whereas yeah. a lot of people, you know, they've got jobs to fucking go to. Yeah, and I, of course. You know, so, uh, and, and I think that those people that, that couldn't do what we done were like, right, okay, so what can we do? Right, well, we just donate. Yeah. And, like, and so, you know, I, I do realise what we done weren't that easy. The driving out there was, but mm. the, to get in it all in place before we went was a ball ache. And, yeah. and I can understand why some people are like, oh, fuck this. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just stick a few quid in that. Like that, but, that makes total sense. But I think that's the thing that people need to need to keep in mind is that, yeah, like you've, like you've just literally just hit it now on the end. It's like, yeah, of course you want to help. And if it, it was happening, if, if it was happening right in front of you, because you, you're down tools and you go, right, well, I'm getting stuck in. But, you know, you've still got to live your life. But because of social media, it's everywhere. And then we start to feel helpless. And we start to feel like, oh, I feel bad now because I'm not doing anything. But at the same time, I can't do anything because I've got to take care of my own family or I've got to take care of my own stuff. I've got to pay the bills. I've still got to go to work and things like that. It's like, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. You can't. It's not your fault that that war is happening. You know, it's the generals on the hill. They're all kicking off of each other. They're the ones that are fucking it all up for the rest of us trying to get by. So don't, when you see these things, when you see those, don't feel bad that you can't do anything. Just, you just do what you can. Like, donate a little bit or you just you know, send something. or do. You can do that. You don't have to get your hands dirty and get involved. You don't have to feel guilty if you can't, if you're not in a position to help. Totally. You know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's oh, it's, it. so we, we, we got Boris Johnson running the country, mate. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> was it? What did, what did you? What did seventy six say? A big bag of custard, fat bag of custard, fat bag of custard. <laughs> and I wouldn't write because I sometimes because I see some of it and I go, I'm not even a Boris fan, but there's been a few things I go. He's getting stitched up here. He can't be this stupid. I'm sure he's getting portrayed. They don't want him in, and that's fair enough. And I get it. He's a fucking terrible. He's a terrible prime minister. But sometimes I feel like he's getting kicked in the bollocks. And I'm not defending him. It's just like, I don't know. He, he don't make it easy for himself. No, he though, doesn't. Does he? No, he doesn't. None of them do. It's a fucking shit show. Yeah, oh, Absolute it really is. shit show. And it just... It really is. We need someone in power now. And going back to Scrooby's song, and I, and I, it just, it just resonates so much when he's, he, you know, it's like like governments are they, we we elect them, they work for us. It's not the other way round. Mm. You know, they're there to. So they're there, it's so true, and it still rings true to this day. But they forget that they still talk like they're our bosses. You know, like, no, mate, we voted. You got voted. In. I didn't vote for. I'm not a Tory, but they were voted in. So you know, they were voted in because people believed that they were the best people for the job. To represent to them. represent us, and now they're not. They're just there. They're just creaming the much as much off as they can, while the fucking boat sinks. And you're like, mm. you just. But the new, I don't know. Don't want to get into politics and that. But no, they're all as bad know, as each other. They are. Rich. They are, mate. My dad told me the, the world is corrupt from the top down, and he, uh, he used to work at Whitehall, so he knows. Mm. So you know, and he told me that I was ten. I'm like, all right, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it light. Crackerjack. <laughs> just me. want to play cricket out the park, Dad. <laughs> With my old oil can for stumps. Come on, Dad, chill out. <laughs> but that's the thing. If you if you are in a position to help, then good, fair play. But if you're not, don't beat yourself up. You know, you're you, you're because what you're doing by taking care of what you're taking care of and mm. all the people around you, you're still doing your bit for the universe. You're still doing your bit for the world. You know, and that's all you can do. Don't stress. Don't get bogged down with it all. 
Because that's the sort of thing they make you feel bad. They make you, they put it on you. They go, oh yeah, it's fucked because of you. And you go, hang on a minute. That's not, I didn't, that's not me. I've got £4.96 left of my overdraft. How is, yeah. how is the country fucked because of me? <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, it's that, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's weird. I was, I was um, talking the other day um, uh, uh, about how, like, I was talking about emotion in music and I, and I was saying that like, my earliest memory of that, and it would have been charity, and it was, can you, I mean, hopefully you'll remember as well, Rich, obviously we're, we're, we're the same age, and that bit in, in Live Aid, when they stopped and they showed the footage of the, the famine and they played mm. Drive by the Cars. Yeah. And uh, and I remember sitting there and I, like at my aunt's house and, and my mum and nan, my, my mum and aunt were crying, and I was like, oh man, like like we've got to, someone's got to do something about this, yeah. and like, and it's like, and it's really I was literally talking about that that record last night as well, just and it's synonymous with with that in my mind, like, but it's an incredible record, Rich. Yeah, it's a fucking masterpiece, and. It's, it's one of the records that like, I play over and over and over and can't work out what it is that makes it so perfect. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it's I'm just No, no, no. It's rich, one though. of them ones. It's one of those songs where, because I 100% agree with you, because it's one of them that I remember when it came out and I wasn't, I was only young like you, so I didn't really give a shit about it. It wasn't really what I was into, so I didn't give a fuck. But then it's when later on and you, your, your taste matures a little bit you come at it from a different angle and you, I remember I had it on headphones, it just came on. And I yeah, again I was just like, Oh my god, this is this is like like you said, this is perfection. And it's all about mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking great. Mm. There's so many songs now that I'm older, I get I get it now. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes more sense. Cause you get to a point, because they're at the time they come out and they're massive and you hear it so much you don't hear it anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like the the four is it the four tops re, uh, reach out. Oh, I think we've talked about this before. I probably have because I wang on about it all the time. When you listen to that song, when I used to hear it as a kid, it was just always on, so I never gave it a fuck. I was like, oh yeah, it's that song again. It wasn't until I listened to it as an adult and I went, oh my god, like he might not, he didn't even write the song, but he meant every word when he was mm. singing it. There's something to yeah. be said for that. Like when when the songwriter isn't the singer. And to to be the singer and get it so right, Depeche Mode are a great example of that. Yes, that Martin Gore writes them songs, but Dave Garn, you'd never know that he's not singing like he, yeah. like he wrote them things. He's not singing about his experiences. It's like it's really, really, and I don't think it was Rick. Is it Rick Okasek? Yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't sing Drive, did he? No. Like it was the I think it was like the bass player or someone sung Drive. No. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, do you want to sing this one? Yeah, oh yeah, go on then. Like, yeah. obviously, by a mile, the biggest hit they ever had. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, what a beautiful, beautiful record. Yeah, man. But this is what I love. This is why I, you know, I mean, you and I fell in love straight away. But mm. uh, the thing that the the thing that goes through is just music. Um, yeah. You know, I I've, I know I've said this on I've said this on your podcast before, but you know, I'll come at you with going like trying to like trying to. Like catch you out. I go, do you remember this? And you go, oh yeah, yeah. I've got all their albums. I go, fuck me. Have you got? How do you know about them? I, 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 no one's heard of them. You know, yeah. and, it, and it's, you've you've got such a vast knowledge. 
I've got to have something on my CV, Rich. I've got fuck all else, mate. <laughs> honest, I, haven't, I don't know about you, but I, I just left school. I stopped going. So I didn't have any, I didn't come away with any qualifications. So I've just kind of had to blag it in my entire life, you know, and just, uh, yeah. I, I see it through. Like, I weren't, I weren't as gangster as you. I see it through. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I didn't come away with anything. So where I'm interested to, to, to talk, look at me hosting your podcast. Let's do um, it. Like, um, but I'm always interested in this because I had to go through it a couple of years ago, and I know your boys uh, are a little older than, than my girls. Mm. Um, but when it comes to their exams, like the stress that I could see my daughters were under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all I wanted to say was, don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't matter. Yeah. It ain't worth a fucking rub. No, exactly. But like, you get a line in uh, your CV anyway, who gives a fuck? You know, yes, but <laughs> that's because they probably didn't, they don't, you know, they're not seeing the world. And, it, and it's also sort of saying to them, look, in a couple of years, you'll look back and think, what the fuck did I give a shit for? But mm. maybe they will, because that's just the life that we chose. Mm. And it's like, I also know people that were very studious and, and their exam results were paramount to them being able to go to university and being able to do what they wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so it was quite a weird one to try and sort of balance that because I did just want to say, you should not be crying about this. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm. Like, you can make your own luck, you can do this, but you're telling that to somebody that's 16 that it's the biggest thing in their world. Yeah, yeah of course it is. And yeah. like, and so, how did you like have that with your boys? Yeah, same. It was like, cause yeah, they say, uh, well, cause I remember, I'm, I, I do remember going in my head. I'm like, don't ask, please, don't ask me, don't ask me how, <laughs> don't ask me how I dealt with it. I just stopped going. But on the one occasion I did turn up, it was on the wrong day. So they were like, "Well, you've made an effort, Wilson, but uh, it was yesterday." Oh shit! <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> I think they gave me a pass just for turning up. I think that was. Oh sweet! It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You listen, you can have that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was the same with the lads because again, you don't want. I could, especially with my youngest Bailey. He was never very academic, and I could see. He, you know, because he's because his older brother was like the, you know, his older brother was on a poster. I was on a massive picture in the foyer of the school when you walked in. There was like these four pictures of like someone on a computer, someone doing it, and then there's a massive picture of his older brother playing rugby because his brother was like playing bar. It was like you know, king of the school. He was like amazing at basketball. He played all the sports. Everyone loved him. And then Bailey was kind of in his shadow. So Bailey was, I think Bailey felt like it was a lot to sort of, he felt, he didn't, even though he didn't have to, you know, obviously, but I suppose he felt he had to kind of, he was, everyone was sort of comparing him to Keanu. Yeah, of course, yeah. So then Bailey sort of went the other way and was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm like, I want to get out of here as soon as possible. But bless him, he did, he, he cracked on and he did well enough and he got into the sixth form. And then I think he was in his first year of sixth form, and he just it just all he, it just sort of fell apart, and everyone agreed. He's like, look, he goes, I'm not academic. I don't want to be here. And they're like, yeah, we can see you don't want to be here. You know, but good luck to you. Well done. And he sort of went off. And then he had a couple of jobs here and there, and he ended up working for Levi's in the shop in Blue Water. Uh, and then he had to leave because he called the manager a <laughs> the manager a c word because he just I mean, Brady's one of those people who just sees through the bullshit. He's just like. There was, I, mean, I do a bit about it in my act uh, about a kid called Gary and the fact that the reason that the other, another reason why there's no one called Gary around anymore is because they're all dead because they were the psychopath in school that when you'd walk in they go where's Gary he goes on the roof sir <laughs> it's like 
But Gary was the one that was showing you that the teachers were full of shit. Like, Gary yeah. wasn't listening. Gary's like, I'm not listening to this. The geezer's an idiot. He's touching yeah. all the girls. He's a fucking dirty bastard. All the parents are lying. And, of course, we're all told, no, Gary's the problem. Gary's the issue. Don't be like Gary. We're like, really? When you look back, Gary was a fucking legend. He was yeah. showing us the way. And, and Bailey's a lot like that. Bailey's like... Gary would have had a motorbike at 15. Yeah, yeah, absolutely he would. Run around with no helmet. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I always, had a, always had a weapon or a dead animal on him. Just hundred uh, percent. He would have been over the fair standing by the fucking punch bag that you put a quid into in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then goes on to be I don't know, have his own business. I just become a fucking legend. Definitely. Or, Gary was one of them lads that had pubes at eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He'd had sex with someone's mum. He'd done He'd done all the things. And everyone was like, No, Gary's an issue. Yeah. And I get look back look back and go, Oh mate, Gary was living the dream. Like, all right, yeah. he probably had Gary had a shit, you know, his house was shit and he probably had a terrible time with his parents, which is what led him to be the way he is. You know, he didn't have a decent father figure or whatever you need. You know, a decent he had a Sergio Tachini tracksuit, though. Yeah, of course he did. He had the, every week he had a new one. <laughs> <laughs> every week he had the latest trainers, he had the latest haircut. He's, he's, he looked the bollocks all the time. He knew all the top boys and he's only 10. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, and then, and then Bailey was a bit like that. Bailey was like, I don't want to listen to these idiots. And I'm not being told by a fucking manager that I'm I'm beneath them when I can do a better job than them. And I'm I'm not having it. So go fuck yourself. And so so he bounced from that. And then he did another job driving a van, delivering stuff. And then one day, we'd, he'd always been interested in music. And when I was, years and years ago, I was living with a woman called Marilyn. And we lived in this house in the middle of nowhere. It had no neighbours. And we had a drum kit in the lounge. It was a big old lounge. Because the, the house is like an old ski lodge in the middle of nowhere. It's brilliant. And, he's, and he used to come over when he was a kid. And, and then I'd go to gigs. And Marilyn, and he's like, Marilyn, can I play the drums? And Marilyn's like, yeah, go and smash them up. And because of her, like, she'd let him smash around on the drums. And now he's studying music in BIM in, um, in Bristol. And he's just joined another band. He's in two bands. The second one I've got back in. They've got they've they've got a van lined up. They're going on the road. They're doing this. They're doing that. Oh, so that's a bit of jazz funk, and it, you're like, fuck yeah, he found his way. He found his way. So, yeah, it was stressful at the time. Going back, fuck, that's a long way away. But going back now, yeah, it was stressful at the time. And all you can do is be there for them and go, yeah, I get it. Look, I get it. I know it's stressful, but don't try not to hurt yourself. You know, do what you can. Do the best you can. But and then later on, they'll come to their own conclusions that, oh fuck yeah, I worried about that, and I didn't really need to. But at the time, you just got to be, just just yeah, do what you can, do what you can. But don't keep yourself up all night, baby. You're gonna fucking hurt yourself, you know that. Hundred percent. It's like 100%. trying to keep a tennis ball on a plank of wood. Yeah. Like you just got to be there to make sure it don't go off the sides, you know. And that's all you can do, mate. Did you have a careers officer? Yeah, no. What we had was a, one of the first computers. It was like one of those big old Bond villain things, you know, like size yeah. of size of a room. Yeah. And what they do? Coming on a similar thing to the the, the telly on a, on a trolley. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That big old. If that fell off, it would kill nine kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get it brought in on a crane. It was fucked. Yeah. Um, I did. We didn't have a careers officer, but we did have a, this big computer. And what they, it was like. The, so this is in like the. This was in like eighty seven, nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty six, eighty seven. Yeah. Big old computer, and then they put your details in this computer, and then it would spit out what you were going to be on this little bit of paper. And cool. so everyone was putting all their bits in, and they're going, oh, "I'm going to be a plumber. I'm going to be a. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that." Right, and then mine came out error. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna and, be rich? and they never yeah. even gave me another go. 
Oh, mate. They just went, well, all right, well, we'll have to, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll let someone, and then I did, they ran out of time. And I just, oh, well, and I just, I just remember that. Yeah, oh, error. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else got an error? <laughs> oh, just me and you, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's on the roof again. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I sat with my careers office. I was talking to my old man about it before I went away, going like, have you still got it? Because I, I, I took it home, and I remember my old man cracking up, right? Because uh, I went to see the careers officer, and we had to fill this thing in, and he said, like, what do you want to be? And I said, pop star, right? Mm. Uh, and the careers officer, we had to go to the careers office in Grey's Town Centre. Uh, I don't think there's ever been a pop star from Grey's Town Centre in <laughs> um, Having been, and I've seen the fact that... <laughs> In Gracetown Centre, you've got the you've got the level crossing, and then you've got the bridge that goes over the railway. Yeah. And when the level crossing is down, when the gates are down, no one uses the bridge anyway. They wait. Nah, mate. They wait for the gate to come back up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sit out. Sit out. We've got twenty minutes to kill. <laughs> got nowhere. Okay. Got nowhere to be. <laughs> Greg's will still be there. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, and I remember him sitting me down. And I can still picture his name. His name was Evan, Mr. Evans. Uh, and he was going, look, you, you, you need to realise that like, you're not going to be a pop star. And I was like, <sighs> and he was like, can you sing? I was like, nah. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and I was like, but like, I really want to like, you know, be on the telly doing like, singing and that. I want to be a pop star. And he was like, look, you, you need to be a bit more realistic with your, you know, your, your, your vision here. Like, you know, uh, have you considered this? And it was like, mechanic um a lot basically they were just pushing you all to go and work for ford yeah of course uh, oh yeah because daglin was up the road, road wasn't it yeah. yeah and uh and i went oh, I, don't, I don't want to do that and like and i reckon 70 percent of the lads in my year w- went to work at ford's and i was like no nah. and he said anything else <laughs> and i've still got this written down i went yeah uh stuntman <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you were the original Gary. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, I was never naughty. Like, I, I, you know, I, and, and there was two lads. There was, there was a lad called Oz that had a motorbike at fifteen, and he had a hairy chest. Uh, and and yeah, he he definitely like had it off. Like, yeah. and, you know, he, he he was like he was just a, a no, like you have them like kids at school that look like adults. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. I was just never one of them. Them sort of like kids that talk to your dad like he was one of your mates. Like, and it was like, oh, I've still never got that. I still, when I speak to a lot of grown up, even I'm 48, I still feel like I'm not having a man to man conversation. Yeah, same, same. Absolutely. Like you put same. me in like a garage or saying, like, oh, I'm fucked, mate. <laughs> I went in the other week. I took my, I took my missus' car in because he had a puncture and I took, I went in and I'm like, I'm in this tyre place and they, go, and they basically walk in and they go, what? And you and straight you're like, oh fuck. And but you have to go, oh that that's got a flat tire. He goes, all right, put it in there. You go, all right. And you you're becoming one of them. And then it's just it's just those environments. I shit my pants all the time. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not that. Even though I sound like that, yeah. I don't I'm not that. So yeah, when I'm talking to what I would perceive as a grown up, yeah. I go right back to when I was a kid, just like oh, it's, yeah. it's pathetic. In situations like that, I think what, I've said fuck four times in that sentence. Why? <laughs> and, like, and I've turned up the Danny Dyer to like 11. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. Like, why am I doing it? <laughs> like, it's pathetic. <laughs> They're not changing. Nah. Like, 
Why am I trying to kind of change to be more like them? Maybe it's just because it's their environment. I don't know. It's, it's, it's defence, isn't it? It's a defence mechanism. Mm. You feel you feel a little bit insecure. You feel a little bit this, that, and the other. So your so the defences come up, and you what you try and do is emulate your what your perceived attacker. Of course. So you become them. So they go, oh, he's oh, he's one of us. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah, like you know, yeah. You're a, you're a zebra walking up to the lions, and all of a sudden you're putting a big furry thing around your head <laughs> so and saying one sweet of them. bruv and things like that it's like, don't talk like that <laughs> alright geese alright yeah bruv alright boss man oh god I know what you mean yeah 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 I want to take my top off and have a wrestle with him <laughs> I know what you mean but how do you feel how do you feel because I've got lads might say I've got sons and I you know it's a it's you, you sort of bring them up you know to respect respect their elders you know, there's the conversations you have. Just like, going to stop you there, Rich. I know we're recording on here, but I think my memory card must have filled up right, on, my ex- on my external record. So right. I'll, I'll send over what I've got. Sorry to interrupt. Nah, that's all right, mate. Let you know. But you're talking, you're talking about how you know to re- how you you know when you're meeting, when you started to meet potential partners. You know, you're meeting like maybe women or or men or whoever. I'm just and then you, sorry, oh. mate. I'm going to have to interrupt a little bit. If your external things go. Uh, it, Fill it up. Could we turn the volume down on your mic input to the Zoom if, if we're just taking Zoom audio? I don't know if you've got a gain on it. It's just very loud. If not, we can do it within Zoom. Uh, I don't think... Yeah, you have to do it within Zoom. Yeah, yeah, just if you open up that audio... Move setting. it away. Is that better? Uh, no, because you'll be a bit all echoey. It's just where, where it gets a bit loud. Okay. Sorry, Rich. That's <laughs> all that thought. Um, if, <laughs> uh, if you go again to where you went before, so you click the drop-down box next to mute. Oh, right. Audio uh, settings. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then um, you'll see your mi- uh, speaker and microphone, and you just bring drag the microphone down, sort of three quarters. Oh, sorry, hang on. Uh, suppress background noise. Oh no, sorry, it's, it's probably above that. One second, I'll just emulate what you're doing. Uh, where is it? Yeah. So um, you should have input level speaker, of microphone. microphone. Yeah, that's it. If it bring uh, that down. Yeah. If you just br- bring it down, sort of two notches. Uh. Oh, doesn't seem to want to let me. Yeah. No, it won't let me move it. Input level. Uh, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. That won't let me move it. That's weird. Oh, automatically adjust. Oh, yeah, you need to uncheck that. <laughs> Sorry. All right, there you go. One, two, one, two. Is that better? That's really quiet now, so... um. There, is that better? One, two, one, two. Yeah, that's great. I'll just turn it up here, and I'll just one, make two, a one, note two, that we're... Two. Yeah, and drag that mic a bit closer to you, and, and I'll try and match the sound with your Zoom. Okay. Sorry, buddy. That's all right. It's all right. right. Sorry to interrupt, guys. That's it was right. going really well. That's all right. I'm just saying, like, because I, you know, I've got sons, and you're bringing them up how to respect other people, basically. And you know, there's like you know, the conversations come up about meeting people and how you are. Like my sons, you know, I remember trying to be, I'm being open with my sons, and I'm like, look, if you ever want to come, you know, come to me, come talk to me. You know, if you've got something you want to tell me, to the point, I remember my eldest turning around and go, Dad, for the last time, I'm not gay. Will you pack it in? I'm like, I just want you to know that, you know, I want you to know it's, you know, whatever, whatever path you're going down and whoever you are, I accept you and I love you. Um, and so, yeah, so we got to the point where they're meeting women and they're doing this and the other. And then you try to explain them to them how you behave and how you react and, and do this and the other. Is it, how has it been with daughters? Because you know how shit men can be. Is it been a? Is it been a totally? Have you been? Is it? Is there? It's a clunky way of asking this. I don't really know how to ask. But is it? Have you been a different? Has it been different for you? Rather, you can't go look. Men are this and men are that. You got to be careful. Blah blah blah. Or not been too bad. <clears throat> um, the, the youngest, 
is 16 and and the that, that's not really presented itself yet no. i don't think that's far off there's you know the, all, all of a sudden she's at college now and she's at more um <clears throat> uh but my my eldest who's 19 she's had a boyfriend for quite a few years now and mm. and yeah it's 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 a weird one it, it it's like uh when when she first got a, it, it, it is strange and it, I don't want to be cliche protective dad no but but um yeah I don't know I, I tried to do the things that like like we, we, we are you know she's she talks to me uh which is the main thing yeah and I try not to go well no you ain't doing that because mm. I just think I'd rather know what she's doing and she doesn't keep stuff from me she's yeah. 19 she's a grown woman now but she lives with us and and you know she she's still my my, my daughter my, my my she's still a kid to me in my eyes mm. which you know i have to kind of <clears throat> balance how i talk to her because i, I can't always be like she's got a full-time job and drives and you know does all the things that grown women do um but she still does feel like a, a, a you know you know one of my, my little kids um but when she first got a boyfriend, I was really hoping this lad weren't going to turn up and be a, you right, get me mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he was super polite and uh, and he's very studious. And uh, that said, the first night he'd come for dinner, I said, and I've got a good relationship uh, with Hallie, and I was like, is he gonna mind if like, like what do you think if I like fuck with him? And she was like, <laughs> do it, and like, and uh, and so at first, because I've got like a punch bag in my garden, I thought when we sit down, the first thing he says, I'm just gonna lose my rag and just take my shirt off and just go out and start smashing his punch bag outside the patio doors, and like, and and, and Hallie was like, don't do that, he'd be like really scared, and I was like, oh okay, so what what we done was. <clears throat> Made a big shepherd's pie and and, and he, he went to pick the big spoon up to serve himself. And I just went, what are you doing? And he was like, what? And I went, we say grace in this ass. No. Say grace. <laughs> Mate. Oh. Like, he would have as well. And I was like, oh, just fucking me up. <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> it is weird, you know. Sometimes, I, you know, they have rares. And and yeah, and it's hard to kind of sometimes when you hear you know your daughter's upset to not want to protect her and go and have a word, but you can't because you know she's in if she's in danger that's different. But you know their relationships, you know you learn from you know yeah. having arguments and disagreements and you know and it's not nice, but he's. It's part of life, isn't it? You know, no relationships are better roses forever. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 always been all right, really. Mm. I, it's, you know, she she's she's chosen a, a a nice guy, so that helps. You know, if it was somebody that was a bit more troublesome, then I think it'd be a very different story. Mm. But um, yeah, it is it is an odd one. It it, it, it is an odd one. Um, and I'd be interested to see how it develops with my youngest. Um, 
but I'm I'm lucky. You met my kids, you know. I've yeah, got, they're brilliant. I've I've got you know they're they're they're, they're good kids. I don't yeah. know if everyone says their kids are good kids, but they're they're they're, they're sensible, and that gives me a peace of mind. Yeah, I, uh, they're they're probably a bit more cautious than maybe they they should be in sometimes, but I'd rather that than it be the opposite. Mate, I, it's the, you, uh, it's, a, it's surprising how astute your kids are. Because you just, like you just said, you go, oh, they're my kids. But it's like talking to Bailey, and I've said this before, and I remember Bailey was talking to my ex, and he just, uh, and I heard him say, he goes, well, you know, the thing is with Daddy, just needs a little bit, little bit looking after now and again. You know, and they, they, they do know what's going on around them, and they are aware, you know, and they are making their own decisions, and they're working it all out for themselves. It's easy for us to go to try and, like, molly coddle them and go, no, 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 I'm going to protect you. But actually, they're, like we did, they're figuring it out. And they're gonna be all right. Your your kids are wonderful. I've, I mean, like you said, I've met them. I've spent time with them. They're brilliant. They're fucking great, man. And you've done a, and that comes down to parents. You and you and Carol blinding. Wow. You know, you've done a blinding job. And it, it, and that's 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 how you know when you because I I worry sometimes about growing up. I'm like when I'm growing up, and they were like, you know, oh, I wasn't there. Well, I was there all the time. But their um, their mum and I broke up when they were really young. But, you know, you look at them now and they go, oh, no, it actually was all right. We still did a good job. So stop. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. And that's that's what you can take away from that, mate. And you are a fucking legend. And that's why I wanted to get you on, because you're a dude and you made this happen. You make so much happen. And I'm, I'm proud to know you, mate. Proud to uh, know you. Honestly, that's, mate. That's really, really fucking lovely of you to say, Rich. And, and like I say, like, I saw you do stand up and I don't know what it was. I thought I've got to go and speak to that guy. And there was other stand-ups on that night, and I've been to that comedy club a few times, but I thought, I'm going to go and speak to that guy, and within five minutes, no, you just think, I'll get this guy. Yeah, same. And, like, yeah, and, and yeah we, I think we've, we've had very similar upbringings, maybe half hour apart, you know, separated by the Thames. <laughs> and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we grew up at the same time, at the same age, and, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It's nice, nice to call you a friend, mate. Yeah, same, mate. And it's been a fucking joy to talk to you. I've needed this. I feel all pumped now. Ready oh, to go. Great, Start man. some projects. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we start. Now, we need to know where can we find you? And I know this is an extensive list. So when people listen to this, they go, right, I want to go and check out his other stuff. Where can they find you, Stu Whiffin? Right, okay. Where to start? Right, so... um if you, uh, you you want to come and have a good time, come to the Pink Toothbrush Nightclub. I'm there every Friday. Uh, it's uh, the UK's longest-running alternative night spot. So if you want to hear some noisy racket and lovely people um, doing their thing, then uh, you can come there in, in Rayleigh. Um, and if uh, you like podcasts, uh, I'm sure you do. That's why you're listening to, to Richie's. Uh, then I have a few Um I have one where uh, I speak to musicians, comedians, actors called Off the Beat and Track podcast. That's a bit like sort of like Desert Island Discs, but more about the artist's creative journey and uh, and, and 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 such. Um, and yeah, you can hear Rich on that one. Uh, yeah, and the first one that Rich come on was my hardcore listing podcast, which has been running for five years now. Um, uh, like off the beaten track, that's on Scroobius Pips, Distraction Pieces Network. And we have guests on where they come on and pick a topic and then count down the top five on it, from films to sandwiches to that's it. embarrassing moments to whatever you want. Um, and I've got a couple more. I'm going to throw them out there. Um, I've got one which I do with um, uh, a one-man comedy musician called Cunt and the Gang. 
um, who's been a guest on, on this very podcast. Yes, he has. We do a podcast once a month called Acceptably in the 80s, and that is because we've been friends for over 40 years. So what we do each month is we go back 40 years. So we recorded last night, we recorded April 1982, and we talk about the music charts, what was on telly, what was happening in the world, what was happening on sport. Um, and it's ridiculous. It's, it's a load <laughs> of nonsense. But what it is, it's peppered with some of the daft things that me and him have done over our, our 40 years of, of friendship. And lastly, I have a, um, my other big passion is mixed martial arts. And, uh, and I have a, a podcast called the MMA Fan Podcast. And I do that with my co-host, um, the actor Blake Harrison from In Between Us. Uh, and we talk to um, some of the best uh, mixed martial artists in the world, uh, essentially UFC fighters. Uh, and we talk to them about... Uh, not not really necessarily like their 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 styles or anything. We talk about the mindset of what it is to be a fighter. Those moments before you walk out into you know the O2 in front of you know thousands and thousands of people to do something that not many people would ever contemplate doing. Get in a cage and hurt, you know try and hurt someone and, and and get hurt. And and so we sort of break down the sort of that what goes into making these people want to do that and, and, and what you get is a really lovely insight that mixed martial artists are some of the most open, honest, kind, lovely human beings uh, and, and disciplined human beings uh, in the world. Then, you know, we try and dispel that myth that they're all thugs and lunatics and doormen that just want to go and hit someone that they're, they're not. They're, they're, it's called mixed martial arts and, you know, to, to be good at one martial art is so difficult but to be, you know, incredible at a mixture of those and to be able to compete uh, at such a high level it, it, it takes a really special person and we sort of dig deep uh, and ask them about their mindset and they're all my podcasts but if you want to know any more about podcasts uh, I have a magazine with Scroobius Pip uh, and Adam Richardson called Pod Bible uh, and we do 65,000 copies of that um, every other month and that goes out inside the Sunday Times and it's like your enemy of, of, for podcasts it's, uh, it's a it's real brilliant like, you've been in there, Rich. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah, and you can find out about that at podbiblemag.com. Everything else you need to know, go on my Instagram uh, at Stu Whiffin, W H I double F E N, and there's a link tree, and all the links for all the stuff I've been boring you with for the last three minutes is on there. Thank you very much, Stu Whiffin. <laughs> I didn't take a breath. We could have. Fucking hell. It's another episode. Uh, that's a record, mate. That's a re- that's the longest. That's the longest Sorry, bit. <laughs> I think Stu's done this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is the this is the point. This is what this. That's a beautiful thing to just. It just underlines what I said. This man just pushes himself to do so many things. Like his CV is as long as your arm, and it's a it's a joy, mate. And this has been so good. That's the longest run at the end. Like, what, where can we? find you fucking everywhere <laughs> on a bus on a plane I'm everywhere mate. I'm, I'm looking through your window yeah I was just, I'm going to go to the toilet in a minute you're probably in there <laughs> you're like the Timothy Chalamet of the podcast world <laughs> just fucking everywhere um, this has been lovely mate love you oh mate absolute pleasure thanks Rich insane in the membrane ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com 
Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.